0: This is The Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Hi again, I'm Kate Stevenson. It's great to have you back or for the first time to The Relish Podcast, a celebration of all those things we love to eat drink, see and do. This week on the show, Melbourne does good bars and so does one of my guests. So it's very exciting to know that Hamish Gunatilica has opened a new bar right next to his much-loved Beneath Driver Lane. Torino Aperitivo is a nod to and celebration of the stupendous Italian tradition that is the afternoon aperitivo. He'll explain how that translates right here in Melbourne. Also, I'll admit it, I am a dumpling fiend. I just love those little parcels no matter what which part of the world is making them? So, imagine my excitement when I hear that a new downtown dumpling market is being held right now at Birrarung Marr by the Yarra. Program director Elena Kirschbaum will join me and explain how we can all get our dumpling fill. And in Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne, Johnny's Green Room is jazzing up their rooftop for summer. Sleek CBD diner Hazel has welcomed a new chef. Marion Wine Bar is opening seven days for lunch over the warmer months and they're encouraging us all to enjoy vermouth and a snack. How you can build your own four-pillars spritz at Yarra Botanica and Hotel Sorrento is giving us some great reasons to stick around on the peninsula this summer. All that is coming up on the Relish podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. At Easy Music 3MP, relax with us and all your
1: favourite songs. Don't move. So I only know I never
0: want to let you know Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Oh. Oh. I want to be with you everywhere with you. Easy music means all the songs you love from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Easy Music, 3MP. All right, well, whiskey lovers may already know that my next guest does very good bars. His alleyway bar beneath Driver Lane is a fabulous basement den with a fine drinks list, live music and just a brilliant moody feel. But owner Hamish Gunatilaka had another dream building away in the back of his mind and when the craft beer bar next door came up for lease, Torino Aperitivo was born. He joins me now. Hamish, welcome. Uh, good, okay. How are you? I'm very well. Now I've got to say, I do. I honestly do love beneath driver lane. Could you feel the expectation when people learned you were opening another bar? Because I mean, it's a much loved Melbourne venue, isn't it? Was there a bit of pressure there? Uh, well,
2: yeah, there certainly is. Um, and, you know, we, we aim to exceed expectations, not just match them. So, uh, you know, we've put a lot of thought and time effort and energy into the drinks and food concepts. So we think that people will be pleasantly surprised when they arrive and uh, will enjoy the experience.
0: I have no doubt. So I have been to Italy. So I have a little bit of an idea in the back of my head. But tell me, what is the idea behind Torino Aperitivo?
2: So the idea is to bring the actual uh, aperitivo culture to Melbourne. I mean, traditionally, you go to a lot of venues, they have an aperitivo hour or something, and it's just discounted drinks. But the appearance culture is a lot more than that. So it's about uh, you know good friends, good company, uh, a place to meet, uh, having a nice drink with a snack in the afternoon, and of course working out your uh, your adventure from there. But uh, I guess we kind of progress from from that as a start, and then move into a uh, a bit of a menu uh, moving forward.
0: And I'm hoping deep down, Hamish, that in order to get this off the ground, you had to do some on the ground research for this. And and I'm assuming does Turin itself have something to do with with the name?
2: Yeah, 100%. So I actually did a a trip to Italy in March and um, Turin was the birthplace of the aperitivo culture. So, hence the, the name uh, Torino aperitivo. Uh, if you were to say Turin in Italian, it is Torino. Um, so, that was, was in the late 1700s, the, uh, the culture was created. And uh, again, it was to have have a little nibble in the afternoon to make sure, of course, no one got too inebriated later on. But um, yeah, that was where the whole tradition started.
0: I love it. Now, you've got someone there with a um, very Italian sounding name. Who is that?
1: Very Italian. <laughs> so Francesca Italian. Camilli,
0: so what's your role at, at um, Torino Aperitivo?
1: So I'm their function manager um, and comms marketing wizard <laughs> at the moment.
0: All right, I love um, it. So does that mean, like, I'm like, I'm assuming, Francesca, you, you're Italian born?
1: No, I'm, I'm a bit of a mix, but my dad is Italian near Rome. We have a different Aperitivo culture. Mm. I actually just came back from overseas and I was in Rome. Um, enjoying the aperitivo time, so it's kind of good to come back to Melbourne and to have these kind of restaurants and places um, to go to. Just
0: and I know, I know you've got the boss there next to you, so you know I'm almost loath to ask this, and I feel like I might know what you're going to say. But you know, having just been back to Italy and coming here and seeing Torino open and operating, how's it? How's it running? Does it? Does it feel authentic?
1: It, it is very authentic. It is very, very authentic. Um, probably my favorite aspect of the authenticity from the Italian Aperitivo is the complimentary snacks you get between four and six. Um, The Torelli's is actually a mix between a Grissini and like a pretzel, and it's very proper from the Roma Aperitivo as well. So from the Sicilian olives to the Negronis to the fountain, everything is really authentic.
0: Francesca you had me you had me at complimentary snacks now Hamish when I was in Italy I, I made a terrible mistake at some of the aperitivo bars sometimes they're just kind of throwing masses of food at you and it's almost too much and I get the feeling it's actually meant to be this great experience somewhere between you know lunch and dinner where you're kind of getting yourself ready and worked up for the next bit so what's the plan with food for you guys what's on the menu
2: so the aperit- So the complimentary aperitivo that everyone gets. Um, you get uh, some tirali, as uh, Fran just mentioned, which is uh, famous in the central and up the north. Uh, you get some. You get a couple of olives, and um, you have some uh, some fried polenta. So that's complimentary. So everyone gets that when you sit down, and then we have a small aperitivo uh, list, which is more colder things. We have uh, actually got one warm. We have a, a hot induja uh, dish, which is kind of like an Italian chorizo. Yeah. Uh, so I actually found these dishes in the south of Italy uh, in Calabria and I'd never seen these before. It kind of looks like an oil warmer that you put the water in the top, the oil incense in the top and light the candle. But the whole purpose of this is that it warms the anduja to, to release all the flavours, which is very, very exciting and one of our, um, our signature aperitivo. Yeah, and then I guess the menu for, goes into a little bit, uh, a little bit more developed. So we have twelve small things, we have one large pasta, we have one five hundred gram steak to share, uh, one dessert or two desserts, and then uh, and that's it. We have got a great cocktail list, wine list, uh, of course, uh, lots of lots of uh, spritzes and negronis, yeah. including the most famous is is a spritz and negroni from a, from a water fountain. That
0: we um, have behind the bar. I was dying to really ask really about beautiful. it because I was going to say it's a massive cliche, but those Italians do love a fountain, and you have found the best possible <laughs> fountain in the world—one that serves Negroni. Now, the other thing is, and and I said sort I of had a look at the menu and the drinks list. Um, I've really come to sort of enjoy Italian aperitifs and and amaros, but I don't know much about them. You have a giant selection. How do you sort of? How will you work people through that list? What will, what will your advice be to them?
2: So uh, I guess it's divided up into sort of lighter and more floral, uh, into the mid body, and then right into the the really bitter, <laughs> darker spirits. So each each section is listed from lighter style to I guess the heavier before it gets to the next section. So I guess by doing it that way, it kind of helps people to be able to choose what they like. But of course, our staff are very experienced, and um, we're happy to happy to give some advice. And all the staff have got their favourites. So. Um, Yeah, more than than happy to help people on their journey there.
0: Absolutely love it. So you make rum, you have an altar to whiskey at Beneath Driver Lane. You are now celebrating the Italian aperitivo. What's next, Hamish?
2: (laughs) I don't know. Right now now I'm actually going to Bali for a week. (laughs) And then when I come back, back, I'm going to refocus myself and we'll see. But, Um, uh, you know, start-up of a business is uh, always very, very challenging. So, you know, we need to we need to focus focus our minds on, on the current task and uh, and really go deep in, into the into the concept. So, we've uh, we've got some work to do. We're really enjoying uh, where we've got to so far, but um, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm at right
0: now. Well, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Hamish Gunatilica, Francesca Camilli from Torino Aperitivo. This sounds like such a fun new option for Melburnians. You are just off Little Burke Street there near, near the intersection of Elizabeth Street. We will send people to torinoaperitivo.com.au to check out that amazing drinks list and the food menus too and just to plan their visit to see you. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you, guys. Now, don't go anywhere because if you're like me and you're obsessed with dumplings, you are going to want to hear the next interview on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. OK, I admit it, with no shame at all, I am obsessed with dumplings. I just love them. Every time I'm heading into the city for a shop or a show, it is the first thing I think about devouring. They are cheap, they're little so you can order plenty of them and there are just so many cultural takes on them too. So it is no surprise that I was extremely excited to hear that a brand new dumpling festival has arrived in Melbourne. The Downtown Dumpling Market is on right now at Birrarungmar and you can get down. Down there until November 26th to get your fill. Joining me now is Elena Kirschbaum. She is Program Director of the Downtown Dumpling Market. Elena, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. How's it going? Very well. Now, they are hard not to love dumplings, aren't they? Yeah,
3: and I think that's testament to the fact that almost every culture in the world has something like a dumpling. Um, yeah, some version of it, some take on it. Uh Yeah, everyone independently figured out that they're just the best food.
0: They really are (laughs) the best food. So Downtown Dumpling Market is happening right now. You just had opening weekend last weekend. Um, It's on Birrarung Ma there. For people who haven't been down yet, what can we expect? So
3: it's split over two sites. Um, so we're using the uh, the lower terrace and the middle terrace. Um, so we've got down the bottom um, a big open area right next to the river um, with a whole lot of food stalls and um, bars and the stage is down there with entertainment on at sort of various points through the festival. And then the top paddock is a beautiful grass area, um a whole lot more food stalls and bars and things so it's um it's really great and it's kind of great for no matter what you're in the mood for if you want to come down and and you know sit by the stage and listen to the music or watch the performances or if you want to um pop up the top if you've got a dog or kids it's a great place to kind of run around and enjoy so yeah there's there's sort of something for everyone and then of course 20 plus food vendors with heaps of different things on offer obviously dumplings yeah uh but a whole lot more besides
0: and obviously we talked about the fact that they are a cross-cultural phenomenon so do you have sort of quite a an array of sort of different cultures i mean i think we most of us sort of automatically think um you know asian but it really it does extend across you know things like eastern europe have you got um dumplings from all over the world
3: yeah, we do. In fact, the first thing you'll notice when you walk in the main entrance is um, the first all you come to, I think, is the pierogies, so yes. Polish dumplings, uh, which is great because they're very similar to sort of Southeast Asian dumplings in their make, but obviously all the spices and flavors are so different. So it's a really fun take on a dumpling if you haven't had a pierogi before. Um, you know, and you like the kind of Southeast Asian style dumplings, it's uh, it's fun to sort of have something that seems so familiar but also so different. Yeah. But there's also, yeah, um, from from all across, I mean, most of the stalls are sort of are Asian but from all different parts of Asia. So yeah. we have uh, the Nancho Nancho Man that is doing a butter chicken dumpling which is a fried naan bread dumpling with butter chicken and it's just swimming in the butter oh. chicken sauce and things. Uh, we've got... Um, sort of Middle Eastern, so we've got a Turkish stall that's doing goslame and they're also doing these Um, I've been calling them cereal dumplings. It's like a bowl (laughs) of little miniature dumplings in, um, I think they've got vegetarian and uh, I can't remember if it's beef or lamb in this beautiful sort of garlicky tomatoey sauce with um, all the sort of Turkish style flavours. So yeah, there really is a bit of something for everyone. And I mean, my favourite thing is to like go with a group of friends and just everyone goes off in a different direction, buys a plate of different kinds of dumplings and comes back and then you get to try a bit of everything.
0: It is one of those things, like when you go to a dumpling restaurant where you're like, we need multiple people here because I don't want 15 of the one dumpling, yeah. you know?
3: Absolutely. You just want to feed me. Just keep on bringing in food and then everyone's getting a little bit of everything. That's, I mean, that's the, the most fun way to eat, right? <laughs> yeah, now you
0: mentioned gosleme there. So I assume, you know, if people need just a little break from the dumplings, there are some other types of food on offer.
3: Yeah. There's heaps. So, you know, there's bao and noodles. Um, there's, uh, I mean, lots of dr- drinks, bubble teas, there's some great dessert options. Um, and then of course, yeah, things, things sort of from all over the world that are, uh, are quite different to dumplings as well. So like I said, we've got the nacho, nacho man and Raji. So we've got a whole lot of different Indian things and the gosleme. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much on offer really. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those sort of fun festivals where you go, oh my god, I could never eat all the things that I want to eat. You yeah, know, <laughs> I'd give it
0: a fair crack Alona, to be honest. Now, people still have so we've got two <laughs> weekends left, which is great. We've got a whole another week in between. Do people just head down? What? How does entry work?
3: Yeah, I mean it's free entry. Um, we're open from four thirty during the week and from midday on weekends, so it's open during the day. So it's a really fun way to kind of come down for a, a lunch or an afternoon tea. Um, yeah, and it's free entry. There's there's entertainment happening intermittently and music playing throughout. Um, obviously, you know, there's there's the busy times kind of that um you know, between 6.30 and 8.30 is, is always pretty busy um, and kind of lunchtime on the weekends. I always think the best, the best thing to do is come down just a little bit after or a little bit before those busy periods and then yeah. you're not going to have any queues and you just, you know, breeze on in and can kind of get anything you want to. Um, but, of course, you know, it's, it's lovely when it's absolutely full of people and there's that really vibrant atmosphere too. So
0: brilliant. Now your background is sort of arts and food and wine in Adelaide. Has the food scene just exploded there?
3: yeah it has it's it's interesting so I I mean I'm I'm from Melbourne I lived in Melbourne for for a very long time um but I've been running events now in Adelaide for uh for about 10 years and I've seen such a shift in Adelaide yeah. over the time that I've been working there honestly um I, I mean I started working there I think yeah about 12 years ago and it felt like it um, it didn't have that sort of foodie um, culture that you know that I sort of know and love in in Melbourne, but that's absolutely changing or has changed. It's it's such an incredible space now, and so it's been an, an amazing space for us to sort of hone running these kind of food. Um, festivals in addition to the arts festivals that we do over there Um, and so coming over to Melbourne just felt like such a natural progression of all of that.
0: Yeah and I still think you know South Australia is just an absolute sleeper when it comes to tourism and to food and wine you know I I did a little trip to sort of that sort of South Coast and and McLaren Vale um, earlier this year and went what on earth have I been doing all this time you know some of the best beaches in Australia you know some really great food and wine offerings I think if people are are thinking of you know, travelling over the next year and maybe, you know, given the current climate, not able to go too far. It is it is a brilliant option. Um, Elena Kirschbaum, is. Program <laughs> Director for the Downtown Dumpling Market, <laughs> we are so glad you have come to Melbourne with this event. We'll remind people the market's at Birrarung Mar, right on the Yarra River there, just past Fed Square. Uh, you can head down Monday to Friday from 4.30pm and weekends through until the 26th from midday until late. Entry is free. Just go down and have a look and decide what you want. There is an absolute feast on offer. Thank you so much for joining me today. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Elena. Stick around. Just enough time to list some of the best things to eat, drink and do in Melbourne right now on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP.
3: For lovers of easy music, it all adds up with 3MP and crystal clear stereo right across Melbourne there to make a better clearer sound for you to enjoy your easy music favorites upgrade your radio to dab plus and
0: change the way you listen to easy music 3mp find out more at 3mp.com.au Alright, right, it's that time again, my last chance to share what I reckon are some of the best things to eat, drink and do in Melbourne right now. So here it is. First up, well, summer is hurtling towards us at full speed, so we're all hunting for fabulous rooftop eating and drinking options. Now, despite being a pretty new addition to the Carlton skyline, Johnny's Green Room on the roof at King and Godfrey is just finishing off a refresh and they'll relaunch come December. Now, not only will there be a semi-retractable roof, because Melbourne, so we can enjoy the space year round. But on the food front, the one and only Karen Martini has come on board as culinary director. So they say we can expect seasonal produce with an Italian bent that'll mirror the best we could expect from a summer in Europe. You can follow their progress on Instagram or keep an eye on Johnny'sGreenroom.com. Now, in breaking news this week, Scott Pickett has managed to convince his good mate, renowned food critic and one and only son of the Queen, Tom Parker Bowles, to head from the UK to Melbourne for two very special events. You might remember these two were highly entertaining together on the TV show The Hot Plate, so it'll be brilliant to see them reunite for a special dinner at Long Grain on the 29th of November and a lunch at Audrey's in Sorrento on Friday the 1st of December. The fabulous Jackie Felgate, will MC the event at Audrey so there'll be a Q&A and that could be your peek into all things royal cuisine and life. These will be extraordinary events. Find links to book on the Long Grain and the Audrey's websites. In Flinders Lane, sleek diner Hazel has welcomed a new head chef this spring. Alexis Kellner's resume boasts time at Ron Gastro Bar in Amsterdam, dinner by Heston and most recently as head chef at Scott Pickett's Matilda 159 in South Yarra. So he'll draw on Hazel's existing commitment to local produce but bring his European approach and classic techniques while still having a bit of fun. So expect snacks like a thick pork cracker with whipped codro, or crab hash with aioli or dishes like wood-roasted pork belly, chard leek and wild garlic for Maine. These guys have just got a hat in the Good Food Guide Award, so it's a perfect time to check out this CBD option. You can grab some more details at hazelrestaurant.com.au to drinking, and while it's basically summer and in parts of Europe, that would definitely mean that the vermouth is coming out. So the same can be said in Gertrude Street, Fitzroy. The great news is right there, Andrew McConnell's fabulous wine bar, Marion, has announced they'll open for lunch seven days over summer. So to celebrate, they're launching with something they're calling Leora del Vermouth. So basically a celebration of the stuff. They'll have a list of specially created vermouths from places like Catalonia, Jerez, Adelaide Hills, and right here in Victoria, and you can match them to a special snack menu. So things like an ortiz anchovy gilda, some confit tuna belly toast with mojo verde, or maybe some WA octopus toast with spicy tomatoes. You can check it all out at the happenings page at marianwine.com.au or just head in for some deliciousness. While we're still imbibing, how about designing your own fabulous cocktail? This spring, Floating Bar Yarra Botanica and Victoria's Own Four Pillars Gin are giving you the chance to do just that with their Spring Sunset series. Basically, every Wednesday and Thursday, between 5pm and 7pm, you head into Yarra Botanica and find their build-your-own spritz station. You can choose your favourite Four Pillars gin, a springtime mitza, top it up with some garnishes, and you have got your own customised cocktail. They're also introducing a riverside grill to the deck, so at the same time you can enjoy some made-to-order skewers with things like Victorian scallops, maybe some lamb with curry sauce, or some beautiful Lakes Entrance Calamari. They're priced at 12 bucks each. Head to yarrabotanica.com.au you for some more info. And do. Well, if you're looking for somewhere to head away this summer, Sorrento looks like it's spoilt for choice. After a huge renovation of the Continental Hotel, the nearby iconic Hotel Sorrento has just announced a major expansion. That includes a new 30-metre pool, a day spa and wellness facilities and 13 new accommodation suites. They've got five separate bars, two restaurants, private dining areas and conference facilities, so they do not sound like they have done things by halves. They are taking bookings now for their December launch. So check out Whew, And that'll have to do. I am talked out. That is us done for another episode of Relish. As always, I'd always love to hear from you. Relish at 3mp.com.au. But this has been the Relish podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's easy music, 3MP. You've been listening to the Relish podcast with Kate Stevenson.